What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. And on today's episode, I want to discuss a topic that I've been thinking about. And the it's 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 a more I guess it's a question slash topic, but it's is this the top of the market when it comes to sports cards? And I think there are kind of two variables slash things that I'm sort of thinking about with this specifically. And I guess I maybe I'll bear the lead a little bit here, and I'll say that I I don't think that it is. I, I would say no, but I definitely think that we are going to see things grow maybe slowly and maybe get to a point like where we were before 2020 and before uh, 2021 where – you know, we still saw pretty solid and consistent growth, and there'll be opportunities where, you know, you'll see people making money in sports cards. But I think what we saw, obviously, in 2020 and 20, and I guess a little bit in 2021, but more in like the end of 2019 into 2020, was just exponential week after week after month after month growth that was just not really sustainable. And Obviously, I'm someone who has invested a lot of my time into making sports card content. So if you're listening to this podcast or you watch any of my TikTok videos or you follow me on Instagram, you know that you know I think that this is a long-term kind of thing. Like I think that I'm looking at sports cards and the potential growth of sports cards in – I guess you could call it almost like a five- to ten-year window where – the content that I'm sort of trying to make now is what I think will be important five to ten years from now. And I don't necessarily know if that's everybody's mindset when it comes to content and sports cards and stuff. I mean, with content for myself at least, I, I'm still kind of doing it as like a side thing. Like it's obviously not my full-time full-time job it's it's really not even something that I'm making a, like it's not even something that I could really turn into a full-time thing anytime soon realistically um so that's why I'm sort of looking at it as more of a long-term approach to the type of content because I think that there's going to be peaks and valleys uh there's going to be rises and decreases in kind of the maybe the amount of people that are coming in I think we're sort of seeing right now a decrease in maybe people the interest in cards. Like I think, like over the summer, um, I think probably beginning of 2021. Obviously, that's where I would say the interest was probably the most. Uh, like with you know with all the crazy stuff that was going on with the Jordan cards, and then we sort of have seen the market decrease but it's I think it's sort of getting to a point where maybe it's flattened out a little bit and I think what we're going to get to is your the the strategy of just well I mean for one obviously with PSA shutting down their bulk submissions like the grade the the grade to flip model was profitable for like a year or so but now it's not something that there's not enough um margin in there really for people to continue to do that but like i'm saying i think that's what we're seeing is people maybe coming in and the the amount of money is a little bit slower i think people 
maybe still have the same expectations when they're coming into sports cards. But, I mean, the one good thing that I can say is that I think with within the content and within everybody making content, I think we have seen a little bit of a shift where people are talking a little bit less about everything going up because that's obviously, you know, if you followed any type of sports card content over the past, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I've been making stuff and in content since, I mean, well, sports card content, at least since like 2018. So I've kind of seen the, the ebbs and flows again, similar with the market of like new content people coming in and then maybe people not being as interested. And I mean, even for me, it's like, I've been focused definitely more on TikTok and not as much on Instagram. And it's sort of ebbed and flowed a little bit similar to what the market has done. And I think as we continue to go on throughout these years and see all this type of stuff, I still think that we are I still I still think that we're in kind of a forward trajectory where, you know, the the sports betting and fantasy sports market, I think will sort of start I at least I hope so. And this is like I said, it's more of a long term approach for me, but th- those types of people will be as interested in sports card content and following sports cards as they are with fantasy sports and sports betting. I think breaks are definitely going to help with that. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if the big sales help as much because somebody coming into sports cards because they saw, you know, a Tom Brady sell for $2 million or they saw, you know, some other, or, or they saw, let's see. I mean, what was a big card that sold recently? Um, I mean, any big card in general, like, I mean, there's records that are being broken still every single day. And I think one thing that I think has definitely happened with the market is that there's, there's more people. And the reason why I think it's gone down a little bit, like with like Lucas and I mean, Zion, it's, I think Zion, I think is fairly obvious, but like with Luca is like, people are more willing to buy at $500 on the way up than they are buying at $500 on the way down. And I mean, with that Luca card specifically too, like I just think the supply and demand of that card specifically, the supply has affected it just from the fact that I think as the demand has increased, the price increased, but then that also the, that also increased the demand to get that card graded, which then I guess it's continual different increases, but then then that continues to increase the population. And like I said, I think what ends up happening is that there were people who were flipping those types of Luca cards and they continuously flipped all of these base cards. And then they got to a point where they made enough that they started flipping more higher end cards. And I think that's sort of what you're seeing with some people's strategies, I mean, I think if you listen to, you know, if you listen to the, like the Car Talk Pod and uh, Ryan uh, Card Collector too, he always talks about like the dollar bins and stuff in lots at lot on eBay and dollar bins that shows that you can still flip those cards into higher price cards. But I do think if you look at a lot of people's strategies across Instagram and kind of across the board, at least from my perspective that I've noticed, is that a lot of people that were flipping two or three years ago, they were flipping the lower end, I guess you could call them, but like they're higher end in terms of price. But like 
the lower end base cards. They were flipping those and they kept flipping them until eventually they're flipping, you know, higher end stuff, you know, whether that's autos or older players or any, any, any cards that are maybe over like a certain threshold in terms of price. But so I think that's another reason why we've definitely seen a decrease in people wanting to flip base cards. I think that, and then also the combination of there just being less people that want to buy that card because if it's on the way up and you're like, oh, it's gone from 300 to 400 or 300 to 500 over the course of like a month or two, there's definitely more people that are going to be more willing to buy that card at 500 than if someone's saying it's gone from 1,000 to 500 over the course of six months. There's going to be just less people that want to buy that card at 500. And I think eventually we may see that card start to pick up again but also i mean i don't you know i don't know maybe 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 not and i think that's sort of one of the other things is just with with the way that cards are going right now that the market we it may even be also that people have sort of changed their thought process behind cards in general because of fanatics and they just don't even know where the market's going to be in a year or two years or three years depending on how they're looking at it for me, as an example, I've I thought that in you know into 2019 and then even into 2020, the sports cards I expected to be at this point where we're at now in like a year, two, three, probably like three years from now. Like I was thinking a five year window back in 2019 that we could be at where we're at now in like what would be three years from now. So I think people are a little bit not starstruck, but they're just struck by the fact that everything changed so quickly. And it seems like almost year over year, things have just changed and they've continued to change at maybe a pace that somebody that is wanting to get into sports cards for fun, maybe they want to make a little bit of money. It's, it's gotten a little bit harder. And I think the, the kind of the last point that I have seen at least is that the amount of information that there is now compared to where there was two years ago is is astronomical. Like, I think you look at how many people were making content and how many different places there were to track cards and the amount of data that was available on cards and the amount of people writing articles. And I just think you're seeing that increase that maybe what that is a maybe what that is affecting is that people are buying into cards for different reasons because there's more information available i think that's maybe one of the biggest pieces of why we're seeing so much change in the market so quickly and why we're seeing so much change almost on like a weekly basis like i think that people are getting smarter in the market and they're seeing that you know you know, pop reports is something that I've always been conscious of, but like there's people I think that are like on TikTok, I've noticed there's been people that are talking about population, population reports a lot more, but it always was something that I was kind of talking about because like, you know, for me, for me, population reports, I think matter in different ways. Like it matters on what specific card you're talking about. Like if you're talking about the Zion 20, 2019 prism rookie that just hit 20k for psa 10s like that population report matters because it it matters in a different way than like um 
let's say, you know, a, a, a Jason Tatum population report of a prism card, it matters, it matters in the sense that it matters more. And, and I'm, the population report overall matters way more for vintage than it does, I think, for modern cards, but it matters different in a different way. Like for that card for Zion, I think it's very important because it shows how many potential cards there are out there uh, just in general. And I think, you know, I, I was listening to one of Slapstock's live shows and they were talking about the Luminance um, uh, John Morant rookie of him like dunking. And the population on that card is humongous. That The population on that card is almost as big as some of the other base cards for Ja Morant. So it's like you, you kind of get a sense of how much product there is out there. And I think with that and then with just like – like I said, with the information changing, I think people are – People are picking different data points, and they're giving more value to those data points than maybe they had been in the past. And that's affecting the cards that people are willing to buy that maybe don't have the knowledge. Like, and, and don't have the knowledge because they're new, but if you're new now compared to if you were new back in 2018 or 2019, you, know, you can get a lot more information a lot quicker. Like, you can you – can, have all the information on the Luca base prism card a lot quicker than you could a couple years ago and maybe that's affecting your decision not to buy that card for whatever reason and and it's like you're not buying that card and then which just essentially means that you're someone can't sell it for a certain price because you know there isn't a buyer for the card and it's you know it's a tip that I think I maybe should talk about a little bit more on TikTok or just talk about in content in general is that like your profit on a card doesn't I, and I think in the in fi the financial market or whatever I think it's called realized gains I'm pretty sure is the term I may not have that totally correct but you know your your profit on a card doesn't actually exist until you sell the card so like somebody who bought a luca card for a hundred dollars and you know didn't sell it at a thousand dollars and they would have had a nine hundred dollar profit you know that and now it's down to 500 or whatever you know they still have that profit but and then again at the same time it's like someone bought it at 600 and now it's down to 500 and I, and I don't know if that's the exact price at the current moment but i'm just talking in general like your profit isn't there until you sell the card so you know it's definitely something that i'm thinking about and where is the ceiling for cards and i think like i said i just think it's it's not necessarily a ceiling and it's more just how quickly more people come in and how quickly they can understand and where you need to adjust yourself in the market and maybe not getting into the market and getting out. It's how you can adjust where you're at in the, in the current market and kind of where the market's eventually going to go. And that's pretty much all I've got for today's episode. So I want to thank you all for listening. I know that it's been since like September, I think that I've been, that I've released a podcast. I mean, I've, been posting I think between three to five times a day on TikTok so if you still want the content like go TikTok is where I will be sending people because that's just where I've been focusing a lot of my time making videos and stuff I the podcast is obviously great and it's something that I want to try and get into more um you know and I guess my thought process behind it specifically and before I end the episode I'll just talk about it is like the TikTok growth I want to figure out how to 
grow the TikTok now when it's still when it's still um easy in a way i guess i mean it hasn't necessarily been easy but it's i mean it's much easier obviously than instagram so it's like i've been trying to grow that a little bit and i've been trying to grow that a little bit more than maybe i have tried to grow the podcast i guess and it's like i said i like doing the podcast and it's something that i probably i hope to continue to do more in the future but at the current moment like this is sort of I don't know what the exact plan is. So, you know, there may be more episodes on more, a more regular basis, you know, or it may just be focusing on TikTok, TikTok like I said. But, you know, I appreciate everybody that's that likes listening to these episodes. Um, and I want to thank everyone for listening. And like I said, if you want to follow any of the other type of content, TikTok right now is where I've been focusing. So um, that's where I'll be. That's, I guess, where I'm sending people at the current moment. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode, and I will see you in the next one.